0: Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages Podcast. You can find more information about the church at SevernRun.com. Enjoy the message. Today we're talking about message received. And the message is the gospel, the good news about Jesus. That's what gospel means, good news. Now, right there, we could stop because for many of us, uh, you know, um, we have mistaken religion for gospel and church experience for for gospel and and some dysfunctional religious figures in our past for gospel. No, no, no. Gospel means good news, and the heart of God is to good news your life. Now, this is the message that God has given us in Jesus, and we're going to unpack it quickly this morning, but I just want to say that... that that the message received is is a changed life and and just because the message has been given doesn 't mean it 's been received, it has to be accepted, interpreted, and acted upon and there 's all kinds of examples in life to where when these three things uh, aren 't you know, in order, when things aren't um, received, interpreted, uh, you know, and acted upon, that, that disaster happens. How many of y'all have watched the Chernobyl uh, HBO video? Any, any of y'all the series? Some of y'all? Um, you know, it, it's the greatest man-made disaster in all of human history. In 1986, um, uh, this, this incredible event unfolded unnecessarily. Uh, it all began by doing a test um, and just a series of cascading messages given and messages misunderstood and not received. Um, We ended up with this. Uh, Even the engineer uh, who uh, was in charge of this refused to believe as the reactor is exploding, refused to believe the messages that the instruments and the people around him are giving him that this thing is, is gone you know, is gone. He just couldn't accept it. And that's just an example of what it means to miss vital messages. And I want to share with you that us missing the gospel of Jesus Christ is a greater personal disaster than Chernobyl was for the world. That radiation went around the world and and caused untold damage. And us missing the message of the good news of God's love towards you does damage radioactive through the generations. So what's the good news message? Uh, why does the message matter? And and how can I tell when the message is really received? That's the questions I want to answer to you today. I, I want to remind you that we were created in love. God spoke all that is uh, into being with all of his being, All of his love, all of his heart, all of his creativity, all of his passion, um, all of his beauty were expressed in his creation, and you're a part of that. And in the beginning, all of this was for love, and it was to set the ground for you being born into the world. In Genesis 1-1, the scripture says, in the beginning, at the head of all things, God created He barad and in the Bereshith, the Hashemayim v'haaretz, he created the heavens and the earth. He spoke out of, uh, you know, nothing made something into existence. And, and I want to just challenge you that, that have reacted to, you know, bad science or, or shallow thinking, just because we don't know how God did it doesn't mean that he didn't. I mean, you we're alive in a mystery that is bigger than the universe, and, and the fact that it had a beginning is undeniable, and you know, you, you're at least alive in a mystery if you claim there was a big bang. Where did it come from? Where did the stuff come from to bang together? And, and there are actually scientists at NASA who are working on theories to explain how nothing became something, but then they would have to, because otherwise, God. And so I'm telling you that, that or, or I'm telling you, I'm inviting you to consider the reality and the possibility that there really is a God and, and it takes faith and it, and it you know, it's, it's, it's an odd thought, to, you know, at, at first, but that there really is a God and that he created all that is for a purpose, on purpose, and the purpose was love. Genesis 1 says, and God saw all that he had made and behold, it's not a word we use a whole lot, but it means pay attention to this exclamation point. It was very good and you're a part of that. You are a part of the very good creation that God did from the beginning. Jeremiah 31 3 says, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And, and so the good news is that you were created in love. You are no accident. You are wanted. You, you, have, you have a design to you that has worth. You are loved and lovable. And, and the truth is that although many of us here do not believe it, God has, since your birth, been working to, to reveal himself to you and draw you to him in 10,000 different ways. Sometimes uh, we are angry at God and say, God, why don't you speak to me? God, I can't see you. Where are you? Faith is what opens our ears and opens our eyes to see the truth of what love has done. In Proverbs twenty-two nineteen, 19, uh, again, the foundational core and the truth of all that we are and all that we want is this, what a person desires is unfailing love. At the end of the day, what you want and need more than anything else is to be reconnected to the love of your design. You need to be reconnected to the love of your purpose, the love of your creation, the love of God the Father. Psalm 129 14 reflects the journey of a person who has begun to open their eyes and open their ears to to see the wonder of God and to hear the song of his love. And here's the response. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know my worth. I know that I am not an accident. I know that I was not merely created by the will or the whims of of some human being who happens to be older than I am. God, I was designed by you, brought into the world at just the right time in the flow of human history, and I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And this is the opposite of self-hatred and self-loathing. It is being alive in the wonder of who you are. And that is not ego or arrogance. It's the beginning of praise and worship. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. And that's the beginning of the good news, that we were created in love. But it is also good news to come to the truth of the understanding that we were broken in sin, all of us. We didn't trust love. We looked at God and we wanted more, but the problem with that move is there is nothing more than God. And it really puts you in a bad position when God has offered himself to you for relationship in love. And when we look around and we want something more than and other than God, there is nothing more than God. And so what we begin then in in that, that moment of turning away and rebellion is we begin a life looking for what's worth less. And our whole life on earth, apart from the good news of Jesus Christ, is a journey into worthlessness. We're, we're looking for something that we think will make us happy, someone that will make us happy. And a, a lot of times it's a series of relationships, um, of broken sexuality. It is, it is the pursuit of, of praise and significance at work, of rank and position. It's all an, an exercise in hamster wheel theology running hard, and going nowhere. We made a choice and rejected our creator. We sought our life uh, in what he created, not in the one who created it, and, and we imagined that, that we were God, and we act in our arrogance and independence as though we are God. I'm the one making the decisions. And religion, this is why religion is such a tricky thing. This is why religion will be responsible for many people going to hell because religion is essentially having kind of an, uh, you receive part of the message that there is a God, but but instead of letting the message come home to you, what what you do with the message is you you stay your own God even as you learn about God and, and you become Aladdin. And God becomes your magic lamp to still try to work your will. Trouble is, we're not God. Instead of finding the life we wanted, we all found a death we didn't. Some of us are aware of that death and feel it. Some of us are denying it and running hard from it. But it's there in the depths of your soul when you're quiet at night. It is that dissatisfaction. It is that uneasiness. It is that that self-loathing, the the cancer of self-hatred. It is uh, the fear. Uh, It is the anxiety. It is the worry. It is the depression. It is... It is all of that and and evermore. Romans 3.23a says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're reaching for something. We're reaching for something. But we can't reach it without the message of good news. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. The natural um, payment outcome of our actions is not more life, it's more death. Why? Because God is life and, and we're choosing a life without him. In Isaiah 64, six, the scripture says, all of us have become like one who is unclean. That is one who is in, in Jewish life, one who is unacceptable to God. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. All the stuff that we do in the exercise of self-deception, um, filthy rags here, the Hebrew term, is, it's, it's, it suggests rags that were used for cleaning up uh, you know, badly infected wounds. (laughs) So all the stuff that you're doing that you think is gonna make you good enough for God, you know, uh, I'm on the seesaw and I'm really not a bad person. I haven't raped or robbed or murdered anyone. Um, Well, that's really a high group of people you've measured yourself against, isn't it? You know? (laughs) Um, But the truth is that our brokenness in sin is a terminal disease that we have no cure from. We all shrivel up like a leaf in spite of our best efforts. We do this physically as we age. We do it spiritually and morally uh, as we lose hope. And, and then I love how Isaiah 64, 6 describes my life without God. And like the wind, our sins sweep us away. Have you ever done something in life uh, and it didn't turn out the way you thought it would? Any hands up? Some of us got T-Rex arms with stuff like this. I got little arms, you know, I can't really admit it. <laughs> you know? We all have, right? We all did something. We thought, this will make me happy. This is what I want. And we did it, and it blew up in our face like the pin pulled on a grenade. Our sin sweeps us away. And then Hebrews nine twenty-seven says, and then after this, people are destined to die once, and after that, to face the judgment. You say, why is this part good news? Because it's the truth. And it's important for us to receive the message. Why would it have been good news for the, the uh, chief engineer at Chernobyl to have understood and received the messages of those warnings so that millions of people around the world wouldn't have been exposed to radiation? That would have been a good thing. So the city of 30,000 didn't have to be ended and all those people lose their, their connections and never go back home again? That's, a, that's good news. So... God sent a savior to be a bridge. Even as the creator wept over the death, destroying his creation, our God had a plan. And his plan was to send love back into the world, not in an expected way, a uh, story that you and I could write, but he would send uh, love back into the world, not in an impressive way that, that would cause us to be overwhelmed or overpowered. God would reach back for his kids by sending his kid into the world. He sent his only son to come and be the cross bearer, the sin bearer for all of us. And so love re-entered the world in the most unexpected way. It's not a fable. It's not a Christmas time story. It's the pivot point of all of human history. There is no answer to death in the world other than the one that love gave in Jesus Christ. And we can believe it's true because the third day. Love would come back not as a philosophy or an abstraction or an ideal or even a a religion. It would come back as a person that we could know, a person who promised to reveal himself to each of us and we could follow him, which is why Jesus said, follow me. It's very personal. Religion is impersonal, doesn't change your behavior or life. It doesn't make you love like Jesus. Faith puts you in the presence of Jesus for life. Love would have a name, love would have a face, and love would have scars. And this love would answer the question of how a good God could possibly let us hurt so much in a broken world. And love would answer that by suffering on the cross. Love would hurt itself so that we could have a savior. Romans 3 23 uh, you know this verse that we read a moment ago for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God it's tied to the next verse that's just bursting with the desire that we know the good news and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ and 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 kind of here's the picture of, of how all of this works the, the picture is that, that God created us in, in love, but we sinned and, and this sin gap between us and God, here we are on one side uh, and here's where God wants us to be on the other. And, and we created this sin gap, which is death. And no matter what we do in life, our sin just brings us down, down to death. But the the good news of Jesus is that that he did something about this. That he he became the bridge for all of us. That in Jesus Christ, God built a bridge that by faith we could go across, not by works or our own efforts, but that we could go across, that we could be new people. Stop laughing at my drawing. (laughs) I knew you were all working up to it. But that by faith, we could, be, we could be, become new people, that we could trust the bridge of Jesus Christ, trust the love of, of God, the, the good news that has been our, our message of hope. God presented Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Jesus was not merely a good moral teacher and an example. His blood accomplished something uh, cosmologically. His blood paid the sin debt that all of us had to answer for the justice of God so that we don't have to pay that. We don't have to punish ourselves. We don't have to live apart and unworthy. We are loved and we are free and forgiven if we'll accept the message of forgiveness and the message of love. Romans six twenty three, you heard me say for the wages of sin is death, but that's only half the verse. It's as though Paul was just dying for us to know the rest of it, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. You and I can have a life God-given that will cause us to live differently in time and, and live joyfully forever. Eternal life can be yours. That's the message of God's redeeming love. Eternal life. It's not a magic wand that changes uh, all the hard in life to easy, but it does transform it to hope. It's not a magic wand that, that means we don't lose stuff on earth, but, but every loss is redeemed and the Lord is with us and, and, and the promise of salvation is real. It changes life. Everything... It is, is different in jesus christ everything is interpreted different everything has different and new meaning if we receive the message jesus said i am the message i am the way i am the truth and i am the life and then he said something that is either the most arrogant statement or the foundation of all religious hope no one comes to the father except through me in, in the world, we want to think that there are many ways to the top of the mountain, and we want to equate all the world's religions. And the reason we want to do that is because we're lazy. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to examine the different claims and see that they're not, they're not alignable. They're not compatible. We don't, want to, we don't want to, first of all, even give up our own godhood and have to, to yield and bend the knee to, to the true creator. Um, but, but Jesus said, no, 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 I am the only way to God for all time and all of eternity. There's only one bridge built and it is the gift of God's love in, in my sacrifice that can pay for your sin and join you to God if you're willing. Acts 4.12 says salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to, to humanity whereby we must be saved. It's just the name of love, Jesus. And so now here's where it gets a little tricky and here's where things change or don't for you and I. We can know everything I've just said and the message isn't received. In Chernobyl, there was all kinds of warning bells going off, all kinds of manuals being flipped open, all kinds of of input data being given, but people did not act on it in an appropriate way. And disaster. The message is received when we give our lives back to God. And until that point, it's all just talk. It's all just meaningless. It's all dead religion. As long as you're calling the shots. You see, in sin, we took and kept control from God. In faith, we give full control of our lives back to God in time and eternity, forever. We declare that we have come to see that God, my way is no way. My way is insane. My way is a crazy way. And I don't know, not only am I crazy, I make people around me crazy. When I'm my own God, when I'm driving my own car uh, in life, I wreck the car every time. When I give up control to God and say, God, you know, you take the wheel, then then literally now we're going places. So who calls the shots in your life? You? Uh Uh-oh. If it's... If it's Jesus, then we're saved. If it's us, then we're lost. And, and it's not just a bunch of theology. You gotta look at the practicality of what are you doing in response to the message? The message has been given. What are you doing with it? How is it translated into your life? Just because you know a bunch of stuff doesn't mean that you're saved. You can be lost as a goose and, and, and know everything there is to know. Um, and it means nothing until the control is given and the ego dies and the following starts. In sin, we kick God out. In faith, we invite Christ in. Love wins if you let it. And each of us has to choose to accept or reject the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believed in him, I love that whoever part because that includes, you know, that includes like really people who've got nothing to offer like me. It includes nobodies like me. It includes people who, who wouldn't even make a claim of, of you know, the argument that, God, I'm, I'm good enough for you. No, no, no. Whoever believes in him, and the believe part I love too, because this isn't works, it isn't earning, it isn't a matter of, of you ever being good enough and, and trying to live a life of acceptability. This is you just trusting, which is the hardest thing in the world to do. One guy asked Jesus, said, Jesus, what do we have to do to do the works that God requires? How am I going to earn this heaven thing because I don't want to go to hell? And Jesus said this in John 6, 29, 30. The work of God is this, to believe in the one that he sent. Love was staring the guy in the face and I wonder if he got the message. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life from me and the gospel will save it. In John 1, it says, The true light's come into the world, but we didn't receive it. We rejected it. But in verse 12, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Today, I'm asking you, with all honesty, have you gotten the message No, 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 that's not true. You've obviously all gotten it. You've been here. Have you received the message in a personal and life-changing way? I'm gonna ask that we look uh, today and, and, and accept the message. To give your life to Jesus and to follow him through baptism into life. Baptism doesn't save you. We haven't said a word about baptism. Uh, baptism doesn't save you, but it's an act of obedience to where you're telling the world, I'm not ashamed or embarrassed to be known as a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm giving up my life, and I'm gonna follow him. I'm, I was old, now I'm new. It was me, now it's Jesus. I was dead, now I'm alive. I was hopeless, now I have hope, and it, it, it's endless. So I'm gonna ask you today to do two things. Number one, for those of you who who have ears to hear to receive the message of good news for your life and, and give your life back to him. You do that through a prayer and I'm going to pray this prayer um, and I'm going to ask that if you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior that you would pray this prayer with me. Okay? So let's just bow our heads and I'm going to pray it out loud. You pray silently with me. Lord Jesus Lord Jesus please forgive my sin. Just repeat it after silently as I repeat it aloud. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I freely open the door of my life and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. And for giving me the free gift of eternal life. Please take control of my life and use it however you want for your glory. With no one looking around and every head still bowed, this is just kind of a private moment with just you in the circle around your chair. If you prayed that prayer to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, if you took the message home and gave your life to Him just now for the first time, would you just raise your hand? Okay, just raise it up. All right, thank you. I want you to look up, if you will, right now. Is the message Received. It is when you're living a given life. For those of you who raised your hands, I want you to do two things. Number one, I want you to put it on that connect card and check the box that it says, I accepted the Lord as my Savior uh, today. And then, uh, in a moment, Pastor John and several others will be up here. In fact, if you guys could come on up. Um, Miss Gwen will be be over here. Um, uh, I want you to to just let one of these, these people know that you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. And I'm challenging not to be scared. Well, no, that's not true. Be as scared as you want to be. Um, but I'm going to challenge you to man up, a woman up, and, and act in faith beyond what you feel. I can remember literally gripping onto the chair in front of me, not wanting to make a move, and it was the struggle of my soul, and I knew that my eternity was on the line. I honestly did but I took one step and my life changed. So, let us know in the card and come and, and let a brother or a sister know and, and, and pray with you. Secondly, and last of all, is that if you um, are a believer and, or just gave your life to Christ and you want to follow in baptism, then there's still time. Um, we have plenty of stuff. Don't worry about it. Uh, You may have accepted Jesus years ago, but you've never been ashamed. Well, I don't like being in front of people. I don't like the. All those sentences start with I. This is a Jesus thing. (laughs) And if you'd like to be baptized and and start going bold with your life as the message received, then you come and let us know and we will arrange your baptism. uh, Now, the next service, next week, it doesn't matter. Let's stand and let's respond. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.